Hi, I'm Greg Lefebvre, and this is The Compulsive Storyteller, a series of short personal stories where we explore the idea that truth can be stranger than fiction. Today's episode, entitled Salt of the Earth, takes us to the famous Bonneville Salt Flats in Utah, a flat, barren salt desert that stretches for miles in all directions, most famous for being the place where many of the world's land speed records have been set. I'm with my new wife speeding around the smooth and perfectly flat Bonneville in our Volkswagen Beetle. Making figure eights and loop-de-loops is so much fun. What could possibly go wrong? Salt of the Earth My wife Lisa and I take a leisurely 11-week-long honeymoon drive across the country. She's a real city girl. Can't drive a car, can't swim or ride a bike. She is risk-aversive and I'm the foolhardy risk-taker. In the early spring, we find ourselves in Salt Lake City and decide to drive to Rosal Point Peninsula on the Great Salt Lake to hike to see Robert Smithson's spiral jetty and camp there for the night. After a long walk, we reach the top of a high, barren bluff overlooking the jetty site. The combination of the late afternoon sun and the absence of any wind gives the almost-submerged jetty a magical translucency, and we have the place all to ourselves. We decide to wait till morning to descend to the jetty. Before we pitch our tent, though, we open a little aluminum foil envelope of weed and smoke what's left inside. Then we drink some wine and eat some French bread and cheese. As we sit side by side looking down over the darkening salt sea, life is just about perfect. We pitch our tent after dark, settle into our sleeping bags, and quickly fall asleep. The sound of distant thunder awakens us in the middle of the night. Then the wind picks up, and our tent starts to billow in the wind. Do you think we should move? Lisa asks. I say, let's just wait a minute and see if the storm is moving in our direction. The time between flashes of lightning and the sound of thunder is a couple of seconds, but with each flash, the interval decreases, so the storm is definitely coming our way fast. Then, all hell breaks loose. The rain becomes torrential, and the wind picks up to hurricane-velocity gusts. A bolt of lightning strikes very close to us, lighting up the inside of the tent. Please, Greg, let's move, Lisa says as the wind starts to rip apart the tent. No, we should drop the tent with us in it, so we're not the highest point on the bluff, sticking up like a lightning rod, I respond. Another flash of lightning, and now the thunderclap is simultaneous with the lightning which means we're inside the storm. The sound is deafening. Greg, I think we're going to die. I love you. I love you too, baby. But we're going to be okay. It will pass. Another flash and clap of thunder so loud that my ears are ringing. Then my wife hugs me and whispers, Oh God, please save us. For the first time, I think that maybe she's right. We just hold each other as the storm rages on. Then the thunder and lightning seem to diminish. Each clap is a little softer, and the wind diminishes as well. Then it's all over. We hug again, and I say, See? I told you we'd be okay. Yeah, sure, my wife responds, shaking her head in disbelief, then continues, Baby, we have to be more careful from here on out. I completely agree and respond, please feel free to call me an idiot. (music) 
In the early morning sunshine, we emerge from our wet tent pile, a couple of bedraggled, sleep-deprived survivors, and walk down from the bluff to the spiral jetty. It's a stunning sight. The storm winds have ripped up a web of salty froth, which is now starting to bake dry in the morning sun, creating a white sparkling filigree on the dazzling crystalline shore and crowning all the tallest rocks in the jetty, each with its own diamond tiara. It's a beautiful ending to our apocalyptic night. Spending an evening at a nice hotel in Salt Lake City gives us a new lease on life. The next stop on our itinerary is the Bonneville Salt Flats. But before we head west on I-80, I thoroughly checked the weather forecast. Visiting the Salt Flats has been my dream since I was a kid watching some world speed records being set here on the NBC Nightly News. Imagine a place where you can drive as fast as you want in any direction, making tight turns while blasting your music and the authorities don't care. After driving a couple hours, we're now just arriving at the turnoff where the sign sticking out of the flat white sand desert reads, Bonneville Salt Flats, Special Recreation Management Area. I'm totally psyched. The paved entry road heads straight into the flats. I say to my wife, you ready? Put on your safety belt. But she suggests, why don't we go to the visitor center first? Nah, I respond, come on, this salt desert has been here for thousands of years, and racing cars have been setting world speed records here for hundreds of years. What can go wrong? Well, how come no one else is driving on it? I don't know, probably because it's mid-March. Let's go, I say, and we pull off the road onto the salt. I crank up the music, step on the gas, and we leave behind a billowing salt trail as we speed into the desert. I'm going to get the feel of how the car handles in high-speed turns. We do a big circle and a few smaller ones, and all seems well. Then I do some slalom curves, figure eights, and a cloverleaf. After a few minutes, Lisa gets into the experience too, singing as loud as she can with the music and cheering with each turn. You can drive in a minute, I tell her, and I'm so glad that she's up for it. As we race along, I head into the only puddle that I've seen to make a big splash. Except instead, we're both thrown forward hard against our safety belts and the car slams to a halt. It isn't a puddle, but a water pocket, and we start to sink immediately. Within a few seconds, wet, sticky salt starts to ooze under the doors. Damn it, Greg. I knew it. I knew it. She's really angry now and continues, Why couldn't we have started at the visitor center? But no, you have all the answers, and now we're totally screwed. You're right. You're right, baby. I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm so sorry. She folds her arms and angrily looks off toward the distant mountains, where the afternoon sun is about to disappear behind them. I can't open the doors because of the weight of the wet, salt sludge, so I open my window and climb out into the sticky brine. I freak out a little as I sink deeper than the car, but that's because it's partially floating on its flat bottom. I can hardly move my feet, which makes walking almost impossible. When I get turned around toward the car, I ask Lisa to hand me the white bedsheet that is in our gear on the back seat. She ignores me. Please, Lisa, I want to use it as a flag to get some help. Off to the south, I can see a few cars on I-80. Finally, with a few tisks, she digs out the sheet. I clamber up onto the roof of the car, once standing on top and realizing that spending the night here would be a cold and lonely affair. 
I start waving the sheet in a big arc, but no one seems to notice. Then an old hippie bus comes along, lit by the last golden rays of the sun. It is painted with all sorts of psychedelia and peace signs, and it's flashing its headlights. Hallelujah! Thank God! I say to Lisa, who's still not responding. Bus comes straight toward us, and I gesture them to stop well short of the water pocket. I yell to them through cupped hands, Thanks so much for stopping. Do you have a tow rope? They yell back that they do. Then half a dozen hippies in full regalia exit the bus. Next, the bus turns around so they can attach a tow rope to the trailer hitch on the back. Moving slowly through the mire, I attach the line to our front bumper. They pull, and the rope tightens, but we don't move. So I get Lisa, begrudgingly, to slide into the driver's seat and gun the engine while I do my best to push from behind. Their engine strains, the rope stretches, and ours winds while the exhaust bubbles up through the brine. Miraculously, the car jumps forward, accompanied by a loud sucking sound, and I yell to Lisa, Keep your foot on the gas. I keep pushing, and then magically, we're out. The hippies all crowd around, and we introduce ourselves. Everyone avoids my sticky, salty handshake. Lisa lightens up a bit because she's so thankful to them. One of them, who seems to be their leader, asks, didn't you see the sign that said no driving because of wet conditions? No, we we never went to the visitor's center, I respond. My wife is shaking her head in disgust and they all laugh, particularly the women in the group. God, we're so thankful. I wish there was something we could do for you. Can we pay you? No one wants to take our money, and I remember the aluminum foil packet of weed, which they wholeheartedly accept, and it's decided that we should all smoke it right then and there. Someone goes to the bus for a pipe, and I get the aluminum foil packet from the car. Then the leader opens it up, and it's completely empty, except for a few stems and seeds. Oh man, I am so sorry. I guess we smoked it last night at the spiral jetty. Again, Lisa turns away in embarrassed anger. It's okay, responds the leader. We've all been there. We're just glad we could help. And don't forget to get the underside of your car hosed off as soon as you can. Peace and love, guys. As the bus heads off, they all flash us peace signs out of the open windows. We do the same in return. Then my wife says, You know that water pocket was probably caused by the same storm that hit us at the spiral jetty? So it almost killed us twice. Interesting, I respond. Do you remember calling yourself an idiot earlier when you apologized for the spiral jetty debacle? Yes, I do, and I was right. No, you were wrong, she responds. You're not an idiot. You're a double idiot. Compulsive Storyteller is written and narrated by me, Greg Lefebvre, and co-produced with Peter Kokoma, who also made our theme song. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love your help sharing the show. Please subscribe to The Compulsive Storyteller for free on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen, and it would be great if you could leave a review. 
Follow the show on Instagram at The Compulsive Storyteller and check out our website for more info at thecompulsivestoryteller.com. Thanks for listening. And if you didn't like this one, the next one will be another story.